was just saying how imagine what it's like to be Amy Poehler's sons. What's different than being the son of any other famous person? Because she's cool. <laughs> she's the coolest. And she doesn't put you on magazines and stuff. I want to be Jim Carrey's son. Ugh, I guess. Does he have a son or a daughter? You know, his romantic life has been troubled. Okay. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that he's single we'll or he's probably he's probably dating around. But we'll get to that in the whenever we watch his new show. That's right. <laughs> which we should. We should. I keep forgetting. We better. We do. It's called Kidding and it's on HBO. In uh, case you're wondering what show we're talking about. You're going to want to cut that out because it's actually showtime. Oh, shit. Same thing. All right. Rolling in. No, five, that's not four, worth cutting it three, out. Three, <laughs> two. Well, we're working on a scrapbook for Haiki Book Club coming out next year. No. <laughs> We've had a pretty cool day. You know, it's been raining a whole lot in Austin, Texas, where the Haiki studios are located. And we've been trying to just stay out of the rain it's been a little hard it's raining sometimes inside mostly outside Inside. <laughs> actually no we're, we're in a pretty leak proof yeah place. it's definitely not raining in here but yeah today i mean i guess we did something very on brand for today's episode like what really was it on brand for this episode oh good call <laughs> yeah we went to a little like they call it a flea market thing, but it's more like a maker fair <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's people that make original. That's fair. Right? Uh-huh. Is that a pun? Maybe. Ugh. My timing was a little off, though. <laughs> I was a little late. Anyway. Yeah, it was, it was more like original things that people made that they were selling. Mm-hmm. Not like thrift or like garage sale type stuff. Like reselling. Yeah, because that's what I think when I think of a flea market. Good point. Like this was definitely a and maker fair. Yeah. A lot of original artisans. Yeah. It was really great. I got a card and I bought a mug. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I know. Honestly, I bought a ring and a little cone that holds rings. Did, did you share the photo of your ring? No. It's true. You got a really cool cone. I'll it's put pictures of like your mug and my ring on the cone. Good on reply to our tweet announcing this episode yeah they're not for sale so don't look at them thinking like we're offering them because <laughs> that's not the no. point I'll, I'll try to also credit whatever if they have twitters cool whatever makers made them yeah that'd be great because it, it was really cool and mm-hmm. i had a yeah. beer yeah <laughs> you did i bought you the beer you did and it was really sweet of you i wanted Thank you. i wanted because it was my idea to go and and i drove and he drove us and eh, Light rain, but like in the wet conditions, you were nice to like take us, even though it was me that I didn't know if it was going to be good or not. It turned out to be good, but so you liked it. You, did you like radio? Yeah, so radio, beer and wine, whatever it is, coffee and beer is where it took place. Radio is a really cool venue in South Austin that has a lot of live shows and local community events. And so, if you haven't checked it out yet, go over and uh, so we're talking about making it, and oh. that's why it's relevant. Making it. Yeah. <laughs> what did they make? What was it? A reality show. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel like that's misleading. They weren't. It wasn't a reality show about them making a re- reality show. I know, but it's about making things. So it is. And it's the double. It's like a pun too for like making it. Like in can the world. they make it? Yeah. Like no, like making it. Like I made it on TV. Right. Yeah. So. That's what I was trying to say, but <laughs> it just sounded like something else. I don't know what. So that's what we're covering today. And the we is High Key Book Club. Yeah. We're a podcast, if you don't know, that covers movies and TV. We discuss, we book club them, as we say. <laughs> and the first part of the podcast will do spoiler free. So in this part, we won't go into like anyone that won challenges or won the overall season. And then after our general thoughts and feelings, yeah, more review type style. And then the next part of the podcast, we will talk about the winner and all of that. Mm -hmm. So we are talking about the whole season and it's a short season. So if you need to catch up, it's really quick. It's six episodes. It's an NBC show and it's 
on Hulu, if you have that, it's pretty accessible in general. It's true. It's available. So yeah. if you've got those and outlets. And it's so short. And I definitely recommend it. If you wa- love Great British Baking Show, which I feel like the love for that show in the U.S. has grown a lot in the recent year or It so. is available on Netflix, and that could be part of the reason why. Yeah, that's true. I also think NPR is to blame because they had a bunch of... I, that's how, actually, I heard about the Great British... British baking show was through an NPR talk and they were raving about how it's so popular and well yeah but like maybe it was already I don't know I think it's it's more because people are craving like happier or like escapism type Mm -hmm. shows well it's sort of like a reality show on PBS (laughs) well it is on PBS Mm -hmm. right or BBC right it's like their equivalent in yeah so it's England PBS can't be dramatic. Like I'm saying like they What about can't Downtown Abbey? Downtown Abbey? Wait, what is it? Was it Down and Out Abbey? Down <laughs> Downton Abbey. What is it? Downton. Downton? Yeah. What? Yes. Town- no, it's, it's not it's downtown. <laughs> I promise. It's not Downton. It is Downton. It is. What? Everyone tweet at Cameron that it's Downton Abbey. But that's not important. I'm blown away. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, well, but NBC isn't a PBS here. So. Right, exactly. Making it kind of still took on this more positive and drama free reality mm. show that focuses just on the the product that's being made. I mean, I really love Project Runway and I think it doesn't get too dramatic. I mean, it does, but like. I think that show also focuses a lot on the product. I'm just saying. Like, I, I, I can't like comment. I've never seen a single episode of Project try Runway. It because it's like, it's good. Cause I'm they, a Tyra boy for oh my now God. and forever. <laughs> There's not as much drama, but Project Runway does a good job of, there is drama because they're all these designers stuck together for a lot of hours in a work. How are they stuck? Just in a workroom. They oh. they do share rooms in like a hotel, but that, that that's not filmed really. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. It It's just good. I think it's Project Runway. So it's that workroom setting? Yeah. Similar mm-hmm. to this, but stuff like this has less challenges and less like time. Project Runway, it's like 10 hours straight. Hmm. It's all like drag race and timeline wise, mm. how they're like there one whole day into the night and then like the next morning. Okay. And then runway. It's similar to that, but it's, but making it sort of took on more of a great British baking show format. For sure. Especially in aesthetic and yeah. how the layouts of the workroom are. And being and in a barn. Mm-hmm. And. I would say even like there's like the format of the judges coming to each person one by one and right. talking about what they're working and on having, during the process. And well, then and then, then the, the judging. Right. Right. Because in British Bake Show, they have the two hosts that mm-hmm. walk around and like pump them up. And then they have the judges that come in. So it's the same sort of thing here. In Project Runway, they just have one Tim Gunn mm-hmm. that walks around, and mentors them and then like a panel like drag race. Hmm. Or a top model or whatever. But anyway, I don't know why I was thinking a lot of Project Runway. I guess because that's an old show that has sort of flown under the radar of the big mainstream. I don't know. Under the mainstream radar? Yeah, like a lot of people like it, but I mean, it's a lot of kind of like, no, I guess it's a very different feel. Honestly, so Zeleni and I were on a America's Next Top Model binge for a little <laughs> while i would say about a year ago probably like right when we were starting this podcast and yeah or like right before and she zeleni talked to me a whole lot about project runway and comparing the two but we never watched project runway and then i went telling friends and family of mine that i've been really into america's next top <laughs> model and they go huh yeah i've never really paid much attention to it i'm more of a project runway guy and wow. i'm like oh <laughs> That's oh, surprising. I it was. Like, I don't run into Project Runway fans very often. It's like the only thing that they knew. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you should give it an episode just because it's like amazing what they create. Just mm-hmm. like in making it. Like it's amazing what people create yeah, in like a it. short time. Yeah. But like creating whole garments, it's like insane. So this show was really cool. They created some really amazing works of art. Mm-hmm. They The format is that they have your basic, your, your fast 
yeah. maker at the beginning. Fast craft. Fast, fast craft, craft at the beginning. And then you get a patch for that. Oh, so they do patches yeah. as the reward. I don't think British Bake Show does something like that. They just they have a winner, but I don't know if they have a thing. Like, like any kind of reward for winning? Thing. Yeah. Huh. Because Great British Bake Show has two also, or does it have three? I think it has three. I feel three. like it has three. Yeah, it has three, like a... Right. Three different... Challenges. Which is crazy. That's right. A lot. But yeah, th- this one has two, and it's like... The faster one, it's just three hours, and then the master craft is like really big and more like a collection. Like there, mm-hmm. it's multiple pieces. Right, exactly. So that's your format for the show, and it was fun <laughs> to watch. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's very pleasant. Yeah, it's very definitely positive. Very like answering the Trump era negativity sort of thing. I mean, I was telling Cameron when we finished the finale about how I wonder if like later we'll look back on this time and see how literally every piece of media addresses the trump era in some way whether it's like overly positive to try to like counteract the negativity counteract the negativity, or directly address it like we see in a lot of music like mm. in beyonce or janelle Monet or you know people like that like really addressing head on or they're like trying to make antidotes for mm. it you know I feel like in a general statement about it that anybody in media who has who was in it for a long time leading up to the election beforehand uh, is realizing what their role is, like what their role is in shaping the minds of their audience and trying to make some kind of move that can be more aware of that. Yeah. And like influence in any way they can. Mm -hmm. Cause like, I feel like good place is another one that's Mm -hmm. like very much trying to combat in like the, you know, that you have in the afterlife, you have accountability for your actions Mm -hmm. without saying too much. But I feel like everything coming out these past two years has been related in some way. Sure. Which is really interesting, and I feel like looking back, we're gonna be like, "Whoa!" Like everything had, like I, f- like the way that thing that made me think of it is like, I wonder if I watch this show in like ten years, like this episode, and I'll be like, "Wow, this shows that it was the Trump era," you know? Like I, like being able to tell in the future that it was in that era just because of like it's leaning towards a message. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I it'll be interesting that. to see. Yeah. So the show is hosted by Amy Poehler and Ron Swanson. Nick Offerman. <laughs> Nick Offerman. <laughs> both known um, together from Rec- Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Very Another beloved. NBC show. I feel like Lauren Michaels is sort of, I wonder if he was like a He's not small cred. No? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, Amy, I mean, definitely, I feel like in order to get the show greenlit, Amy Poehler and... Nick Offerman rode off of their success together in their in terms oh, of their sure. relationship from Parks and Rec. Yeah. And were able to get this show greenlit. And it seems like it was kind of a trial run. They're producers. Considering that it was such a short run. There were only, what, six episodes. So I'm wondering if they're just testing out this type of show format to see if it could be successful in a long term way. Um, but I feel like they, they should have enough proof from British Bake Show. Like, it's yeah. not that hard. It's just not the same, though. It's just because the audiences are a lot different. I, I feel like kind of. really Americans are not used to this type of show. Right. Now, with that being said, I do have a shout out for the end of this episode. Okay. And so I want to kind of plug that in. But I, d- I definitely have kind of first hand evidence that this show is getting to an audience that would not normally watch television shows like this right yeah i mean it's it's a very different crowd that is looking for different things but i think there's a big i mean it's kind of it's that kind media brand right that it's a term i hear a lot on the podcast i listen to about drag race hmm. which it, i mentioned before it's called all right mary but they when they discovered the great british baking show they were like this is kind media and like they try to find it in like little parts of drag race but like there's also a lot of drag race that isn't. So it's kind of like they, they like to search for it. And I like that labeling it that term like kind media. It's kind of like drama free, more like focused on the art mm-hmm. uh, kind of show. Yeah. Making it definitely does that. Yeah, it does. It 
very well. It's inspirational for any of the audience to actually participate in that kind of craft, to want yeah. to be creative rather than passively consuming a piece of media and just rooting for somebody to finish. It's like, like they say it in the very end that hopefully they inspired others to, you know, pick up a hammer. Or right. And it's ironic because it's like, it's a TV show telling you to stop watching TV and go do something, mm-hmm. which is like kind of an irony, but it, it really is like, it makes you like, Oh wow, I can make that or I could try that or, you know, cause it's also cool. They have, they have they start with eight contestants that's why it's so short and each contestant kind of has a specialty it's not all because like in british bake show and project runway they're all bakers or they're all designers and in this they all kind of have different specialties and like the assignments are broad enough that they can apply their different expertise do you have any uh info about what the audition process was like kind of could we go it, into it that here? It was extensive. No. No? No. Okay, fine. Because it has to do with the winner, everything I... Okay, I'll say this. Like, the... So, it in late August, they did get renewed for season two. <gasps> so, we're getting a season two. Oh, my God. I didn't know. I know. You didn't. <laughs> so, that's I'm so exciting. so happy to hear. Right. And then, right now, they're taking applications online mm. on their NBC mm. website. You were going to wait until the end of the show to tell me to apply. No. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, I wasn't sure my notes where it was, but I, I tried it. I looked at it. it. It said like season two casting and it, it asked me to put my birthday first. I think they don't want minors. And then it, it took me to the application and it was, it's pretty long, but it's like a lot of like, what are your top three accomplishments or like what, do you specialize in and stuff like that? Wow. Literally the person I'm going to shout out today would be perfect. Okay. To cool. apply. There's a lot of people. I mean, just going to that little maker fair we went to today. Right. I was like, all of these people should apply. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of cool stuff here. And I mean, no, I'm, I'll <laughs> wait. But cool. yeah. Okay. So, so do you have anything else to share? It was originally called the handmade project, <laughs> which I think... <laughs> Sounds too much like The Handmaid's Tale. I'm assuming that's why they... Yeah, it's like The Handmaid's Tale comes out, wins Emmys, and they're like, mm, okay. <laughs> well, The Handmaid's Tale... See, that's a that's one that's like the example of the opposite kind of media that's directly addressing yeah. the negative world. In a fictional like, way. Right, of course, but directly addressing like the negative sides and like it's more like a warning kind of thing. So that's interesting, but... Yeah, they were originally going to call it handmade as in not handmade, like maids, but like handmade. Like I see. Made. <laughs> if that made any they sense. They should just call it made in America. Mm, gross. <laughs> gross. And then, I mean, just the prices, it, they still went $100,000, which is kind of like, I feel like the standard cash prize of like big reality competitions. Mm-hmm. And they might get 50K. Right. After taxes or like 40K. <laughs> They still had, this is what I don't get about the British Big Show and this. Like, they still have the sending home format, which I don't, I don't know about that. I'm just like, why hasn't anyone rethought that format or tried it? Well, they challenged it in a jokingly way throughout the season. They always did. did, Which was really cool. I liked that a lot. And I hope that we'll get into more of that in the second half. But why has nobody challenged it? I think because it's kind of a tried and true thing. I mean, it's really kind of necessary to have it in order to have any kind of basic format for keeping episodes recurring. Yeah, I know. But it's just like, it's just so weird to me that sending home is like the baseline for a reality competition. Like that is like the one thing every single one has in common. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why... Why has no one at least just tried it or like done some points system or I don't know, you know? I mean, it would be cool to think about it in a different way, in a manner. And it, I, I have a feeling it's going to happen sooner I than later so. in the I next mean, five I just, years. Because there's a lot see. of creative thinkers out there about yeah. changing it up. And I think the audiences also are craving something different in that way. I just want to see it just to see like right. something new. It, and it doesn't have to be like... Since no one leaves or I don't know 
it's, I mean, the it's way weird. that we have it now is very rooted in that traditional game show format right. from the 50s. But it's like stale to me. Hmm. It's like, I get that that's a, it's a main conflict and it works and it's fine, but it's like, I don't know. I'm just interested for someone to try something different. So you're in that audience, you're in that camp that wants something new. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm just... Maybe Michael Schur should start a <laughs> reality show that yeah. turns everything upside down. Like, and and I'm just like, Drag Race, come on. Like, drag. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can't put all of the innovation on RuPaul. RuPaul is not going to change. His show is like the opposite of changing. <laughs> no, but he did innovate a lot. I feel like in reality competition. Yeah, in the beginning, but his show has like no, n- consistently stayed the same. Well, the format. thing it's like it be- it started as parody and now it's like real. You know or what I yeah. mean? So it's kind of weird. But yeah, I don't think he would. But someone needs to try. And I feel like this is the type of show where you go come to it for positivity to try it or British Bake Show or whatever. I mean, maybe making it will change it up in the I don't know. following season. I saw this review on IMDb that was very upset that people got sent home ah. and making it. Like, they were serious in their review. And I think that was the only review on IMDb. But it was like, sending someone home at the end of each episode is just, it cancels out all of the positivity and good vibes you built <laughs> the whole episode. <laughs> like, they were, they broke paragraphs about why oh. it was like they were taking it is it. counterintuitive to right. all of the other messages that you get throughout each episode yeah what are you gonna do i know what are you gonna do i know well innovate that's what you're gonna do it's too soon be creative still too soon that's so dumb i disagree it's just sad because it takes a lot of time to think about how to actually structure it in a logical way that's gonna work for the show to actually be interesting Secondly, you have to change in decades worth of tradition that audiences are expecting it to be like. And then thirdly, you have to convince these networks that, oh, it, it's going to last for multiple seasons. So it's a lot. It's a lot that goes into it. And I'm hopeful that there are going to be new younger executives that are more open to. Right. I just feel like why doesn't like Survivor or The Amazing Race or American Idol or one of these like big shows that like can handle some innovation you know yeah why don't they try it i'm not asking for like a new indie person to come and like try to change everything up i'm saying like i think it's foolish though to try to ask some some show that already has a tried and true formula (sighs) to change it up in the middle of it i don't think so when when that can alienate their base i get it but also these are shows that probably need like something to get people excited again Mm. you know not necessarily these shows but i know there are shows out there that need like some refreshing it's reminding me of freaky friday and how her mom needed like a hip new brand and so her, her daughter when she's in her body on the tv show is like crowd surfing and being right. really cool and hip but anyway we just watched freaky friday recently well uh, there's a lot there and i hope that you get what you want in the next year or two regarding I that i hope so i would i would watch see i don't watch any of those shows i just listed mm. but i would probably watch if they did like a big change like that a big mm. innovation mm. so what do you think do you recommend this show i do i think it's it's very like wholesome very like pleasant to watch it is you might get inspired to get creative you might just enjoy cuz they're really talented what the things they make i mean Mm -hmm. i don't i couldn't make anything probably (laughs) they they made but like it's just really nice to see their works they have very endearing characters very kind contestants judges and hosts and so it's nice to see them in this very low stakes and formal type of show environment and i think they have a lot of fun with it i think that they're very conscious of what tone they want to strike with the show and they do it effectively so it's a very warm show to watch it makes me feel good and i also recommend it all right so we're going to move on to the second portion of this episode where we're going to get more into the details and more of the facts of what actually happened in the show we'll reveal some contestants that 
lost and won that one. And we hope that you can join us on that side after you've watched the show. Uh, if you haven't watched the show, then uh, be sure to we're tune out and about, then come back. We're going to talk about the winner. So. We are. Yeah. Uh, we'll meet you on the other side. See you there. And we're back. That was really fun. We had a little dance party here in the studio while while we all took a break. How are you doing, Zeleni? Good. Good. Just thought I would check in. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. We're we're a little short of time, but we'll work with it. Yeah. And the predictable thing is something you can say now. Oh. Well, I'm going to cut it out. <laughs> well, there was something very predictable, and that was the winner. <laughs> I don't know. No, I did a really good job throughout the season of yeah, predicting. predicting who would win each challenge and who would get sent home. Um, but there was just one person that consistently showed up and showed out the competition. And I think it's very clear when you're watching this within like three episodes in who is very or consistently even, delivering honestly, something new and imaginative. Even the first episode, a lot of people are like, oh, he's my favorite. So it's like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And yeah, it's kind of it makes sense. <laughs> right. He. Who he, is it? Kiem. Kiem. Yeah. I mean, it, and it happens very often, I feel like, in reality competition shows. Like, I've gotten pretty okay at realizing who is, like, the consistent front runner. They're not always, like, on the top, but they're always, like, impressing you. Hmm. And, I mean, I feel like Aquaria was the exact same way in Drag Race. Not mm-hmm. the exact same way, but, like, also clear front runner. Since the very beginning. Oh, shit. I spoiled Drag Race. <laughs> no, it's season 10. If you haven't watched it, you haven't watched it. But <laughs> oh, my God. It's true. It's been a How while. How could you? <laughs> when they don't pick that front runner, it's like, that's when you get like a, this person was robbed season. Well, that was like the Adam Lambert situation. That's true. Or <laughs> the other one. Season two? No. No. I mean, there people wanted Ruben Stutter to win. There was someone. Yeah, yeah. No, it was... It was Ruben or Clay Aiken, which Clay Aiken actually went on to, I think, be pretty fairly successful. Oh, yeah. He was super famous. Mm-hmm. No, there was someone that was runner up of American Idol that was like, was it Carrie Underwood or did she win? No, she won. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know who it was, but. Right. Maybe. No. <laughs> he was like 10th. Yeah. 7th. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. So anyway, Kim was like a very clear front runner mm-hmm. the whole time very consistent i don't know and it would have been cool to have two winners see that's another thing that they never do either or i mean i guess the prize money gets split and that causes like a conflict because they didn't get what they were promised maybe that's what why that's never a thing but also that's another thing that i'm like why hasn't this happened yet hmm. even if it's like at the beginning they tell you there will be two winners. Like, that's right, fine. Right, And they, they have, like, budgeted, and that's what's in their contract. I'm not saying, like, to flip it on them at the end and be like, oh, you're only getting half your prize. They should have a male that. winner and a female winner. No, no. No. Not in 2018. Okay. Two female winners? <laughs> no. Just no gender restrictions. Just I two. I can just see it, though, when, like, two males win, they're going to be like, no, mm, not if, this not, is biased. Not if it was well-deserved. But anyway... Yeah, like in Skin Wars, it was always clear who was going to win. Like, Mm -hmm. it's the front runner, you know? Oh, my God. You're referencing Skin Wars? (laughs) It's a creative competition show. Anyway. I bet 90% of the people listening have no clue what you're talking about. Skin Wars is a show about body painting. It's not that hard. (laughs) People have heard of it. Anyway. Cam won, and he brought it home for Austin, Texas, oh. where Haiki is. Now, he moved here. He's not from here, right? No, but he 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 opened his company here. Oh, that's nice. With the girlfriend. Well, it's an affordable place to live. Ish. Comparatively. Yeah. <laughs> to Boston or wherever he's been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, him and his girlfriend started their woodworking company. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And they sell, like, furniture and wood crafts i guess and they originally applied well so originally they got sent an email to their company asking them to apply Apply? yeah and there was an open casting call aging scouting agents right (laughs) there was an open casting call here in austin you know a a scouting agent from american idol reached out to east side music school oh wow yeah that's interesting 
We also had uh, America's Got Talent oh, reach out to us, too. That makes sense. That's more could include instruments. Yeah. Right. So he got scouted, I guess his company did. And then him and his girlfriend were applying as a team and they were like, nope, we can't do teams. Mm. So he went and auditioned or himself. How do you audition? I wonder. Well, I think you just apply and then they interview you a bunch of times. Mm. They're not like build this in 60 seconds. No, no. But I'm just like, wouldn't it suck to be the girlfriend that didn't get to meet Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman? I don't know. I think so. I would be annoyed. Not annoyed, but like, you know. I'm sure they talked to, talked it over. I know, and I know. Came to an agreement. Well, he's maybe he just had more like quicker skills with wood or more applicable skills to the show. Yeah. Out of They're the like, two of them, uh, there's a higher chance that we'll win if you go. Right, and they did, but still, <laughs> I would be like, I want to beat Amy. Maybe she did. Do you think if we drove in front of their shop, there would be a little picket sign that says "As seen on making it"? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, we should. We should go interview them. <laughs> for oh, this that'd be so cool. No, we can't. What if I? I have a documentary project. What if I go and no. verite them? No. <laughs> He's like, I've, he's I've been around enough cameras. Thank you. Yeah, he's too busy. And he's also like, he clearly hates like being on TV yeah, or any attention for sure. whatsoever, which is like charming and humble, but it's also like weird. It's like very opposite of a typical reality TV star. <laughs> it's true. I It was funny in the ending how once they reveal that he is the winner and all of the confetti's coming down and balloons and clapping Amy Poehler kind of like shakes him. She's like, Kim, Kim, you're the winner. You're the winner. What do you think? And he just like shrugs. Yeah, he, he's just very like calm and, yeah. you know, chill guy that never like, I don't know, for being always on top, he was never pretentious about it, I guess, or like cared that he was at the top every time <laughs> yeah. like, or winning everything. I think he just knew. Yeah. Or like well, or he just knew that what he was, he was proud with what he was doing. Yeah. He's very confident and pr- everything that he made, he, like how Nick had mentioned that he, what he liked about Kim was that everything, anytime they asked him a question about what this oh. was for and what this meant, he always had a really great, like smart a thoughtful answer. reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he was making things with purpose and just focused on that and not on competing or anything. Mm-hmm. And that got him to the top. Yeah. But yeah, he... <laughs> he was just like the humblest of all <laughs> the of humblest the humblest about the ending the finale do you think that so the finale was the final competition was to create uh it's not an altar but i don't know what you would actually like call a it. wedding arch wedding arch i think they call it a, an arch an arch <laughs> for this bride and groom to stand under during their vows when they were getting married and what i was wondering so they had three options to choose from do you think that this couple that volunteered to be on the show went around to each final submission and selected it themselves no you don't think so no i mean i'm sure they they might have had like a like an opinion okay it's like Like, we'll take it into consideration yeah 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 noted but like i don't think the producers would let some randos pick (laughs) the whole winner you know Makes sense. And all, honestly, they all did great. So it wasn't like a thing of like, yeah. oh, the ugliest one. You know, it's it's like they would all be fine to get married under. So I think the producers and judges <laughs> are just like, no. Well, we'll come back to the finale. But uh, we had a few other contestants to talk about. What? We well, <laughs> well, so like what? On the first episode, it was the um, Gemma. nice Gemma old I think, lady. I think her name was Gemma. She was a grandma. She was super sweet, she was but so sweet. she just couldn't work fast enough. I think so. Yeah, she she cut herself. It was scary. I think she was also saying about feeling sick. I don't know if mm. it was related to like how she felt about the thing or how she actually felt physically, but I, I honestly don't have the elimination order. Oh, or yeah. Well, that's okay. But do you have the character lists or no. the contestants? Oh my gosh, no, you don't have any got, of their names. No, just the top three. Oh. Well, mainly I mean, the one that I could remember that uh-huh. got eliminated was the felt artist, uh-huh. which sadly I don't I remember his, his name. name. He, he did the, the New Orleans truck. Yeah, the yeah, taco yeah. truck, the New Orleans exhibit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
He was yeah. he was just really interesting to me in how his style was not very intricate in terms of the detail, I felt like, but it was very playful and colorful. Yeah, and was he was one of those underdogs during the competition that I was kind of like, you should go home, but I like you too much to say that you should. So <laughs> I remember I think he was from Boston. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> Unfortunately, that doesn't make they all have normal names. Either. I also have Jeffrey, I think, is the guy that won. He's the one that did the shadow puppets. Wait, no. Oh. I'm getting him confused with the other guy. I don't remember now, but... He went too soon. He was actually, from the very first episode, I felt like he was a strong candidate to be the winner, or at least a finalist. Right. But I think he just had a major flub at some point. I get him confused with the guy that went home with, like, the Easter door. Mm. that w- they thought was too bland which i thought was too chic or they thought it was too chic but i thought it was like that that's good to be too chic oh he went home from the easter door well i get him confused and jeffrey who was the guy that had like at like a really sad backstory of like his parents cutting him off after yeah. he came out as gay oh. and like being really nasty and sending like a funeral wreaths to his job to like mourn the death of their son it was america sucks yeah that was kind of i love america (laughs) that was kind of the only hint of like the negative of i guess times right now Hmm. any any negative things about our times right now right seeped in that was the only kind of direct reference and it's interesting how they they seep it in through the interview segments yeah hmm so that was sad. And and he did like a really cool scrapbook thing in one of the scrapbook challenges where he photographed people and then also like the sky that day. Hmm. And it was like oh, a cool. Right. I remember that was a really cool. A cool concept. And it was like cool done when where he would like cut out the silhouette of the person in the sky picture. It was cool. Hmm. So Very I get him confused with the guy, the Easter guy, though. Yeah. I know the. The guy with the backstory, his name is Jeffrey. I see. Well, <laughs> I'm sure we're confusing our audience a whole lot <laughs> yeah. with all these If keys. you have seen it, though, I feel like you know who we're talking about <laughs> in general. And so the other top two were Joe and Amber, mm-hmm. which did work. I liked a lot throughout the season. I honestly liked Amber's arch the most. I did, not, too. Not that I think... She should have won over Kim based on body of work, but just for the arch. The arch was incredible. It was like, it was the circle. Yeah. And with oranges. Oh, it was so cute. The circle was just so on point. It was such a beautiful circle that was large and encompassed them. And I loved it. I felt like it was really on point. And also the puzzle piece with the puzzle was incredible. That was so cute. That was a cute concept. Yeah. Yeah, I, it was really hard for me to like choose between the two. I remember we said about Kiams was that there were like too Too many, too many ferns. Yeah. At the front, we, we would have taken the two front ferns out or plants, whatever they were. Just because it was like a lot of plants. Like I liked them in the back, but the front ones were kind of taking away to me Mm -hmm. from the beauty of like the actual work. But it looked like Kim's was covered, so that's kind of cool. Mm, uh, like you true. could actually walk into the space and, yeah. and, and you were in it. And then also from, I said, I think from a photography standpoint, that Kim's would do a little bit better from a general photography standpoint. Also, he had a really clever explanation for the symbolism of the backdrop yeah. and how some of the triangles that were hollow like, and some were full. It was like trusses from bridges. Yeah. Like the blending of two people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't even remember what his gift was. It was the record player bench. Oh. (laughs) Which was very like random and elaborate. (laughs) It was very badass. (laughs) It was very extra, but it was cool. I can't, I wonder if it held records because like one of the hardest things about having a vinyl collection is where to store all of your vinyls. I mean, that's a good point. It just wasn't, I think he had to spin it more for the personal, but it definitely Mm -hmm. fits vinyls and <laughs> right. so yeah it's very practical because i'm always like where do i put my record player like you have to have a whole table dedicated just for it right yeah i i liked amber's arch the best it was very like good. quaint but elegant mm-hmm. that's kind of like a nice blend right 
me. The Joes just seemed uh, kind of like we'd already seen it. Yeah, sort not, of not repetitive too, of her usual work. Yeah, not too innovative. Mm-hmm. And she did a lot of work I really loved throughout the whole season. She had like the slip up with the St. Patrick's Day door, mm. which was sad but like she didn't go home it was it was good she's also she's a very like successful interior designer i was reading on her she's been featured in like a lot of magazines and stuff like like she's like successful like in demand interior designer oh it makes sense but that's cool it makes me feel like more intimidated by her (laughs) 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 you know do you want to be an interior designer that was always like my dream career (laughs) what i didn't know that I, I don't know how I didn't know that. It was your dream. I, there was a, like, I think one day in my life where I wanted to be an interior designer. One day. I You're remember, pretty good at it. Uh, but oh, I think mm. only for, like, your style, which is all, all you need. Right. But, like, and, and I don't think I'm good at it I, That's my problem is I don't have enough knowledge. I haven't yeah. seen enough interior spaces well, to know, it takes like, like, what to do. It takes, like, six years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember just one time I was on my bike and I came across this really fine... Uh, furniture store that had like an opening for an interior designer and I foolishly went in and applied. Oh my god, you need like <laughs> a, no whole, experience. a whole degree for yeah, that. I know. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, it was just like... Hey, I'm a dreamer. I took this, I think it was the MBTI personality test mm. in high school, like the official one, which is normally you pay for. And Did Facebook steal your data from it? No, it wasn't through Facebook. It was like the official test at school. I took it. I see. Like that's the, I'm an INTP. I just had to ask. Personality test. No, it's like, it's the official-ish MBTI. Okay. And I took it in high school and like the top, for some reason for me, I think there was also like a career component to it that would give you top careers. And one of them was interior designer. And I was like, that sounds cool. But then <laughs> I got like distracted by science and math, but whatever. <laughs> distracted. Yeah. Hmm. So I didn't do that. But that was always kind of like a in another life career kind of situation for me. It's never too late. Well, I don't love it that much. I had that in a Dove chocolate the other day. Oh, right. It was like, you're never too old. It's never, never too, too late. late. I know. I just mean like now I have my creative Mm-hmm. career so like i don't feel the need for like a different creative right. career right now but. and when we have a mansion then you can exercise <laughs> it yes and i'll be the photographer right <laughs> and kim came from photography so maybe maybe you should learn some stuff and honestly apply. i would love to <laughs> and, and then win season two i mean the only reason that i'm not really in it in that type of practice is because i don't have a space you need a garage at least for woodworking and you like woodworking i it's it's something i think i would like oh, okay. get it oh my god <laughs> i mean that's very on brand for this episode as well because they had a lot of pun offs which were fun <laughs> i think i would like it i just don't know because i have not had any kind of consistent exposure to it yeah when i was in high school i was in the theater program at my school and we had an entire stagecraft room or section of the building dedicated just to designing and constructing our stage sets for all of our plays and musicals. And my first year, my freshman year in high school, I felt like I spent the majority of my time in that stagecraft room because it was definitely like the beginning place that they sent all of the freshmen to because you couldn't actually act in anything until you were a junior. So in your first half of high school, you spent most of your time on tech and hospitality type crews. Uh, I always wanted to be a theater tech person. Yeah. But like I was opposite. I didn't want that because they do make you like take theater classes. Right. Actual like the acting part. And I was like, hell no, I don't Ah. want that. So that's why I never did theater tech. That's so interesting. I always wanted to, but I'm like, I don't, I'm not interested in like the actual performance. They like, I feel like, so they made, I think the techies take some of the auxiliary classes that were specialized, like a voice class and a movement class. That's awful. But, I hate yeah, that. It's, it's not as bad as you think, but mm, <laughs> it's actually kind of cool. But I don't think that they had to take the acting classes. Okay. I don't well, remember the I feel like at my school, you had to take like the intro theater class, which uh-huh. is still like terrifying, especially me back then being even like 
insecure and even more shy you know as an adult you get less shy i think but and more confident with yourself but like back then it's like freshman age it's Mm. like you're not gonna do theater if you are terrified Mm. it's such a bummer it's something that i look back on a lot and i really wish that i had given it more consideration i mean my problem is i didn't even know about it before applying to high school and even by the time i was in it i don't think i like I didn't take enough time to think about what they were actually doing. Like now it's something that I really love. I love the technical side of things and it's perfect for where I'm at now. But, um, I just look back thinking that I, that, that would have fit me really, really well because it's very creative, but also technical field that I could have thrived in. I think really good. Well, you should try woodworking. I would like to. You should go ask Kim for an internship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so he built frames for his photographs, and frames are a very uh, precise work of uh, like craft of art that you can specialize in like and make a whole career out of. Woodworking is very precise and scary. It is. <laughs> like it's it's hard. It yeah. looks hard to me, but I'm also scared of like loud noises. So mm, yeah. <laughs> Wood shops are loud. I was almost like goggles like these. Right. I well, al- <laughs> ear goggles. <laughs> like I almost I almost did wood shop because I was in the engineering class mm. at my school and it was like the same room as wood shop. <laughs> but no, I was too scared. Well, is there uh, another note that you oh, have I about have the a, show? I have a quote about season two that it's a quote of the episode, but it's it's from Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman responding to getting renewed oh for season two. yeah official on the record quote yes <laughs> was it at a press release or i get i saw it in an article oh. so i don't know where it came from it was just their official the statement New Yorker. but it's riddled with puns oh so we're so excited to be making it again <laughs> so as an sew We promise season two will have you glued to your seat. (laughs) Go on. That's the quote of the episode. That's it. That's just their response. That's good. Yeah. Glued to my seat. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. It's cute. You know, I can just like imagine people sewing or knitting or ironing their clothes to this show. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Anything creative. Yeah, it's a good background too mm-hmm. we didn't really talk about the judges dana and simon i'd love to talk about them just for a minute okay okay <laughs> so simon is really cool simon dunan he he was on in on top model a lot he was and that's where i instantly was like oh my god yeah and i was like he had a controversial episode yeah because not controversial necessarily he so he got famous for like doing decorations of like the window displays at barney's new york mm. which is a very big fancy place <laughs> you know and he, yeah he he just like in top model he came in and and was critiquing everyone's outfits or all the girls and then said told one girl that what she was wearing looked like hooker style and then she started crying and then, hooker style yeah and then she's like you called me a hoe and she and then he's like I would never call someone a hoe. I would say that's hoe style. <laughs> it's just like ingrained in my mind for him. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a very funny early 2000s. It's such a funny back and forth. Yeah, it's just like this weird early 2000s top model, awkward, funny moment. I don't know. So that's Simon. I mean, he's a lot more, less critical now mm-hmm. <laughs> than he didn't call anyone a hoe. Spoilers. <laughs> but <laughs> true <laughs> yeah i think he's this, this is more in his wheelhouse though like critiquing models clothing isn't necessarily like what he's known for right at least he didn't call anybody's like it looks like a kid's toy right he maybe did i don't remember honestly and then dana is kind of more like the integrated sponsor yeah feeling judge. so i mean nothing against dana as a person i'm sure she's really awesome but i really like her style she seemed sort of implanted deliberately through etsy right and i don't know if they were a sponsor i mean uh, i i would think they were right based on the finale 
it there was like a whole finale thing where they gave like 20 seconds to describing oh, what etsy was and I like see. where you could find more products and such got it well blueprint is like the sponsor they do like in between like yeah the they little were commercials. they were a little like mid sponsor and i would say they were they're like the silver level yeah, level yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i mean etsy i mean it goes to show like i mean it makes sense because etsy is yeah. the maker amazon <laughs> of yeah. the internet so it it's rightfully so yeah it makes sense um it's but it's not like tito's vodka or whatever no for, right right <laughs> but it was totally integrated like this yeah. they went so far as to giving their company a spokesperson on the show that actually helped dictate what the final outcome would be yeah. and they kept referring to trends i know and that I, was my ama- that real annoying part yeah that's me. the part that was like okay it's like she sees flowers and she's like flowers are so trendy right now and it's like <laughs> No, like, or like, we were literally just rewatching the first episode, and she, she was like, "There's two trends. The tassels are so trendy right now. Like tassels. I was like, why? <laughs> tassels are not in trend right now. They're just like a thing you can put. Like everything she was calling a trend was just like stuff arbitrary. You, it's just stuff you can put on creative crafts. It's not like anything that's like an overwhelming. Everyone did it. It's I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, it was a little much for me, but I yeah. mean, besides that, her critiques do. were good and normal, and there both judges were positive. Mm-hmm. There, there wasn't like a Simon Cowell, which wouldn't fit in the show, but right. <laughs> like her other critiques were fine. It's just she's so every- funny how she's she she always starts off with the good, the positive, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both and then she's like, but <laughs> however, <laughs> yeah, and then for she sure. spills it. Yeah. Um. I so I loved. What was his name? Sam? No. Simon. Simon. <laughs> Sorry. I loved Simon's outfits. His fashion, <laughs> his designer is I great. I like both their outfits. Honestly, I mm-hmm. like Dana's. Like she would wear some like really cool earrings a lot of the time. Yeah. And I was like, she probably got them from Etsy. I guess they're trending. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, Simon also has like. I feel like Simon had quirky. inspiration from RuPaul because very floral <laughs> and very velvety. <laughs> <laughs> a lot I don't of times. Know. Yeah. He's. He, he's very fashionable. Mm-hmm. And Good stuff. Amy had her overalls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole and thing. of course, Nick, kind of like stereotypical hipster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The lumberjack hipster. I mean, he's a woodworker. Beard, plaid. That's true. Lumberjack. Jeans. Chic. Yeah. It's true. Well, is there anything else on your plate that you wanted to cover? Mm-hmm. Cool. I mean, I had like, they had cool graphics, like modern sort of. Yeah. And Great British Bake Show does it too, where mm-hmm. they like sketch out in a really beautiful graphic way, like what they're working on. It's true. So they had cool infographics yeah. uh, that overlaid on top and described what everything was. Sometimes I wish they would have lasted. They would have held them on the screen a little bit longer, mm. which is another critique but that's I wanted like a to spoiler. give. Then it's like a spoiler. I guess. <laughs> um, one of my critiques was that the editing was a little bit fast for me. Mm. Uh, now that's not something I didn't notice until towards the end of the season but i think it's something i'm just noticing more as i start taking editing classes is that the editing was super very fast like Uh, i guess it's okay i just felt like well it's sort of a prerequisite for reality tv well it's it's just to signify that time the time crunch yeah it's like they just do it on purpose to make you feel the pressure but like it's not necessarily always there like sometimes Mm -hmm. they finish on time right (laughs) they just sort of cut it to make it look like everyone's like working till the last second yeah um and then we i also noticed that there are helpers that oh well it's mainly it's a crew but the main guy his name is jimmy defirst or something like that oh and he's like the main woodshop guy expert cool who was a really cool sort of almost behind the scenes but like still there i like that they acknowledge that he was there you know Huh, that's cool. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's it's just really awesome that they have their own crew that can help them with all of these big pieces yeah, that they, they need did to construct. Some big, big, big things. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the designers they just take their plans over to those yeah. foremen, and then I, I think that terminology is wrong actually. But um, what was your favorite piece that you can remember? Oh, that's a great question. So I really liked the silhouette one at the beginning with the lights and the yeah. characters. Um, and I really liked the bridge and the bowl. Um, the bridge? Yeah, the San Francisco bridge and the fishbowl. Oh, bowl. yeah, yeah. That was a good one. 
but also this is kind of a cop out because those are literally the first two images on the intro video. Oh. <laughs> if you rewatch it ever. So, um, yeah, they are. You kind of have to help me re- re- help remind well, me of wh- mine was probably honestly it's two of Amber's mm. <laughs> and Amber. She's actually a big blogger. That's cool. But she, the, her like little house, I forgot uh, what that was. They were making like a studio. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what the prompt was because. Was it like a place for your friends to come? I guess. Because I was going to oh, say. Oh, it said like inside out. No. I think I, maybe one of my favorites was the movie theater that Kia made. Yeah, that was cute. Mm-hmm. But that was a different challenge because mm. this one was where he did like the opening roof. Oh. Which I liked it all. Oh, that one. Yeah. But like the aesthetics weren't really my taste. Sure. But like Amber did like this cool like retro sort of like tacky chic, grandma chic, like little hut with like, it was supposed to be like a single or a girl's day thing. It had like a cool couch and like. And they called her out for the wallpaper, right? Yeah. But that was like. eh. I think it was minimal. I think, yeah. It was fine. I I just really liked that aesthetic yeah it's it's fun and then i i loved her arch as well the the wedding arch that's great i also really like joe's studio like little Mm. house thing that was like a crafting studio yeah i mean huh oh yeah 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 i mean yeah i did like the easter my memory is just escaping me i I don't remember too many of them well right now but um the movie theater one was on brand for me so (laughs) right well this has been a really fun episode to talk uh, about and i am really looking forward to season two we'll definitely cover it once it airs and we watch it hopefully we'll be able i mean we watched like half of the episodes live yeah this time uh sometimes our schedule didn't pan out but that's okay because we got streaming services these days so yay so i have a shout out today Uh, today, my shout out, it's kind of a big one because he is responsible for giving me a job and employing me for like the last three years almost in Austin. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to shout out Alex Ballantyne. Uh, Alex Ballantyne is the owner and founder of East Side Music School over on the east side of Austin. And I've worked there as a studio manager for nearly three years. And I just wanted to shout him out because I know that he's somebody who he doesn't, I mean, he appreciates a good work of media, but he doesn't, um, I mean, he's very busy between a family and running, uh, multiple businesses that he doesn't get to watch that much. However, you know, he knows I'm in film school. And so he likes talking to me about something when he does finally get around to watching something. And I remember one day he just randomly mentioned, have you seen this new show making it? And I go, yeah, actually, I watch it with my girlfriend. And he's like, isn't it cool? You like it, right? And it's true. Like, we both really like it. And the reason I think he likes the show a whole lot is because he's recently found a new appreciation for woodworking. And so it's, you know, he got this new house and he started making furniture from scratch. And, oh, my God, he makes some incredible work. Oh, nice. Uh, He's a really great scene shopper (laughs) or, you know, yeah. Carpenter is what I'm trying to go for. And he has really done everything from scratch. From what I know, he's taught himself with books and videos. I don't think he's ever taken any kind of formal class for it. But once he got his house, he got a space where he could start building things. And a lot of it was that he needed to build new fabrications for the studio, the music studio. And it's grown into a whole lot of different things and also items for his house. And he actually has a, a little small company called Ballantine Furniture. And so if you want some really great high-end custom-made furniture, then you could uh, reach out to Alex to try to get something constructed. I don't think he does upholstery, but mostly wood and really great, great work. Nice. So, yeah. So I wanted to shout out to him because of that. And also, I think he would be a really, really strong, perfect fit for personality and craftsmanship wise for season two, maybe you, season you three. You should tell him to apply. Yeah. I, I just have to send him the link. <laughs> send him the link. So yeah, I, I would like to do that. Uh, so that's my shout out for today. Great. Uh, what grade do you give making it? A plus. A plus. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I need to get an outro <laughs> because not like, like a form. <laughs> Like I have my intro and now I don't have an outro, but the <laughs> you're ruining all of the great <laughs> magic I just set up here. 
<laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. So if you want to contact Haggy Book Club, you can send us an email at haggybookclub at gmail.com. Yeah. Our inbox is lonely. It is. Or tweet us or Instagram us at Haggy Book Club, where we'll post stuff about what's coming up. Yeah. We'll try to tag you if you have a cool comment. Yeah. Or shout you out. There you go. And also, whether you listen to us on iTunes or not, it's really helpful to write us just to like get us on the map so even if you don't use itunes and you feel nice and want to give us five stars that would be really helpful and would help us be more findable to more people that want a book club right we're we're working towards being nominated next year in the austin chronicle for best local podcast so (laughs) we need your support and we need your votes Just go out there, find us on the interwebs where you found this podcast and uh, give us a quick shout out, quick review, because it helps others learn about us and what we do. Yes. So, yeah, no, thank you so much for listening. And thank you to my lovely co-host, Zeleni Lozano. I'm Cameron Belcher, and this has been another episode of High Key Book Club, where we covered making it. As always, you'll be hearing from us.